so grateful and thankful that we serve a great God. Our God is the greatness. First Chronicles 29, 11 said, Lord, you are the greatness. <laughs> God's not trying to become great. And family, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we are not on God's level. God is the greatness. No argument about that. He created us. We did not create him. So, so thankful to be reminded of that as we go through our, our daily ups and downs, our daily highs and lows, our daily success and failures, that God is the greatness, that God is in control, that if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding, we acknowledge God in all our ways that the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, will direct our paths. Then it says after that, be not wise in your own eyes, respect the awesomeness of God and stay away from anything that's evil. So, Lord, we love you and we bless you because you are the greatness. Huh. So thankful for that. Um, and I just want to remind those of you that are praying and fasting every Sunday. Uh, just please join me. We have our first meal after service and uh, so much going on in the world today that I just want to stay close to God. I want us to corporately stay connected through praying and fasting. The scripture reference for that is Mark 9, 29. Jesus said this kind, this kind that you're dealing with, it can only be conquered through praying and fasting. Some things you can pray about, some things you can fast about. But he said this kind, I believe we're in that we're in that time now where this kind, whatever you and I are dealing with now, takes the power of praying and fasting. That's scriptural. Make a note of that. It's not just something that we're making up. It's just the word of God. When Jesus got together with his disciples privately and they were trying to figure out why they couldn't cast out that type of spirit, why they couldn't conquer it, why they didn't have victory over it. They got together privately. Spend your private time with Jesus so he can speak to your heart. And he shared with them praying and fasting is what's going to conquer this kind, this kindred, this pandemic. The body of Christ praying and fasting. So join me each and every Sunday before uh, before service. And we'll have our first meal after service. I want to thank you for your giving. And I do have a scripture reference I want to go through with the giving. But uh, I just want to say thank you so much for your giving. I just wanted to make a note of it. It's, it's just a blessing every time you give. Some of you give uh, weekly. Some of you give uh, monthly. Uh, some of you give twice a month. Some give quarterly. And I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, it's a blessing. Uh, no amount is too large or too small. And just as, as we continue to get the word out, it's, you're investing in the lives. You're investing in the kingdom of God. And personally, um, as pastor of South Bay Abundant Life Church, I just want to say thank you. I want to encourage you to continue to give so that we can spread the gospel throughout the world, whether that's weekly, monthly, twice a, twice a month, quarterly. We appreciate it and thank you very much. And I just wanted to say that. And I want to take you to um, Luke 21, 1 through 4. And I want you to know that no amount is too small or too large, and it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. And I love God's word because um, this says it all. Verse uh, Luke 21 and 1, and he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury, or they were giving the rich men. He also saw a certain poor wo widow casting in there her two mites. Two mites are one-fifth 
of a penny. So she cast in two of them. She almost put in a penny. And they didn't think Jesus was good at math because Jesus says, uh, verse three, and I tell you a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow has cast in more than all of them, than all of them combined, hers meant more. See, so don't, don't get caught up in the amount. Give what you have and ask the Lord to bless it. That's the word. At South Bay Abundant Life Church, we'll never do games, tricks, or gimmicks to get you to give. We just give you the word. And God is saying this morning, it's not about the amount. It's about your heart being connected to God's heart and giving. And just like, uh, I love this, just like Jesus was watching them, then Jesus watches us now. They're putting on a show. God's not interested in a show. God's interested in a heart-to-heart -heart connection and giving because you love God, giving because you wanna see lives transformed uh, because of God, giving because you know that this pandemic, people are dying daily at record rates and that somebody needs to hear the gospel before they check out, giving so we can keep spreading the gospel to a lost and dying world. And that's what it's about. And, um, and he said, for they've cast in of their abundance, verse four, in unto the offering of God, but she has cast in of her poverty, she cast in all her living that she had. So it just shows it's not about the amount, it's about your heart, it's about you being connected to God. So don't get caught up in the amount. I just wanna say thank you for your giving. It is a blessing uh, so that we can come and, and, and do live stream and share the word. Uh, if, if the word is benefiting your life, then you know it can benefit somebody else's life. So thank you for your giving. Um, and so if you're uh, giving on your, on your desktop or your laptop, you go to southbayalc.com, push the giving icon, give accordingly. On your cell phone, southbayalc.com, push the three bars, um, then press the giving icon, give accordingly. If you still write checks like me, uh, make them payable to SBALC 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. Let me say that again. S-B-A-L-C, mail it to 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. And thank you so much for your giving. I want to encourage you to join us. We've been having such an amazing Bible study on Wednesday nights. And, and even if you just... Um, want to come and listen and take notes. I encourage that. You don't have to participate like some of the others who are participating. And because sometimes it's just good just to sit and take notes and listen. But I'm telling you, the word has been so powerful on Wednesday nights. It's life changing. We'll be in first Kings chapter 19. Elijah has just killed the prophets and he's um, getting ready to start running from from Jezebel because uh, she told him that I'm going to do what you did to the prophets, I'm going to do that to you before the day is out. So you go from high highs and you go from low lows and he gets depressed. And it's, it's real life is relevant to us. How you can have a victory one day and then the next day you can be depressed because that's human nature. But with God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so we're studying real life relevant life situations on Wednesday night and you want to be there, it will bless your life. Again, that's 1 Kings chapter 19. Then if you would allow us the privilege to pray for you, send the email to life at southbayalc.com, life at southbayalc.com for prayer, um, for praise reports, um, for your, any prayer needs you may have. And so send us an email and give us the privilege of praying for you. 
And again, this message will be posted to YouTube. You can find it tonight, South Bay uh, Abundant Life Church. Put that in the, in the search and the date, today's date, or put in Pastor Jerome Vincent Carter. Put it in the search and put today's date and you, it'll take you right to the message. And then evangelize, uh, save the link, right? And then share it, just text it to someone and say, listen to this for a few minutes and let me know what you think. Let that word of God get into their heart and start working on them and let them sit and ponder. You plant the seed, someone else will come and water and we know that God gives the increase. We know that God's word will not return void, but it will accomplish what he sent it out to do. You can be an evangelist. Just share the link with someone. Facebook family, as we get into the message, share this link. Someone could be passing by, it'll catch them right at that right time and they'll hear it. You're planting the seed. Someone will come and water, then God will give the increase, amen? So let's go ahead and get into the word of God. Lord, we thank you, we love you, we bless you, we need you. Lord, there's none like you, there's nothing too hard for you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we need you to speak this morning. We don't need opinions and conspiracy theories and, and news and information. Lord, we need revelation that leads to transformation and daily application. God, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, is a light unto our path. It illuminates the way, Lord, as we try our best to navigate through this dark, fallen, broken, dead, and decaying world. We need your word. We know that is guaranteed by God. Psalms 119, 160, your word is guaranteed by you, Lord. It's true and it's guaranteed. Psalms 119, 89, it's been established in heaven. It's not going to change. So God, give us revelation knowledge through your word this morning. We need it. Holy Spirit, lead and guide us. Teach, speak through me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We open our hearts and our minds to hear what God is speaking this morning. God, let it transform our life and then let us apply it each and every day and let us share it with others. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. If you would open your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 10. We'll start at verse 25. Luke 10, 25, uh, we're just going to take a, um, a detour from our, our regular series, uh, Ministering to the Lost, the Good Shepherd, um, I guess with today being Valentine's Day, and it just happens to be Sunday, February 14th, we have to talk about love, amen? What does is, what is God's word say about love? What does Jesus Christ say about love? What does the world say about love? Um, and so we're going to share a message and um, and then let's go out and live this thing. Let's go out and show love to each other. Uh, I know it's a song, but uh, it, it, what the world does need is more, but it's more godly love, right? The agape, the, the love with no strings attached, how God died for our sins with no strings attached. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the love, no strings attached. God couldn't put strings on the love that he provides because we couldn't measure up to it. We're not on God's level. Why do we try and put strings on the love that we have for others where God didn't put any strings on us? Because if he did, no one gets in, no one makes it. That should keep us humble and obedient to the word of God. So that's what true love is, it's unconditional. 
And as we as Christians, we model the love of God, get the strings off the love. Extend grace to your spouse. Extend grace to your house. Extend grace to your kids, to your friends, to your family. Extend kindness and love and mercy. It's not necessarily saying it's going to be like it was, but don't hold anyone hostage in your heart with hate. Let them go, just like God let us go. We weren't born saved. Sometimes we forget that. We get so high and so holy, we think we're born saved, and then we can't forgive others for what they did to us. But God put no strings on the love and forgave us while we were yet sinners. That keeps me humble. That keeps me obedient. That keeps me grateful. It should keep you humble, obedient, and grateful as well because we couldn't save ourselves. We were lost on our way to hell. Jesus Christ saved us. And he didn't have to. And we didn't care anything about him, and he saved us. That's love. The word said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. God does not discriminate. We do, and we want to attach strings to our love. But God is our ultimate example, not the world. So God is our standard. The word of God is our standard and not the world. Let's take a look at Luke 10 and 25. And a certain lawyer, a certain expert in the law, stood up and tested him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So here we have an expert in the law who wants to try and challenge the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, wants to try and challenge Jesus Christ. And it's no difference from today. We have people who are so smart, they're stupid. Their intelligence without God's wisdom is just ignorance. And here's the, here's the irony of it. God created you and I. He gave us intelligence. And then we want to use it to try and compete with God and try and compare and outthink God with the wisdom that he gave us, with the intelligence that he gave us. So here's an expert in the law, and you can be an expert in ignorance. Make a, make a note of it. You can be an educated fool. You can get a degree in ignorance. Trust me, it's plenty of them out there with it. It doesn't make you smarter. It just means you have a piece of paper. And intelligence and information is not wisdom from God. So he wants to, he wants to challenge God. He, he, gives a, he asks a great question, but it's the wrong motive. You got to be careful when people ask you, Questions. Great question, wrong motive. When they ask you questions like, hey, are you going to apply for that promotion? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> and then you got to think, what's the motive they're asking? So they can sabotage. It's a great question, but are you trying to challenge? Are you trying to sabotage me? Great question. Your kids ask you, so, so mom, what time are you coming home from work today? And that's a great question. But what's the motive? So here's this guy asking Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Great question, but wrong motive because he wants to challenge God. Very important, family. It is, I would say this is the most important question that we can ever ask ourselves. And then we ask God. Make a note. I ask myself first. And it's, I guess the question for us, what happens to me after I die? I ask myself that question, and then I ask God. And see, then you can, you can inherit eternal life, or you can inherit eternal death. So you do have a choice. 
So it is a very valid and very great question. And see, we're, we're more interested in, inherit, in inheriting stuff when we should be more interested in addressing the question, how do I inherit eternal life? What happens to me after I transition? Uh, and family in the midst of a pandemic, <laughs> whew, we need to be asking our question that, ourselves that question every day. We have folks checking into the hospital and in two weeks they're checked out of life. People that didn't have any issues for the most part and were healthy or, or was just, you know, going through life day to day, feeling great. And then all of a sudden I'm going to the hospital and two weeks they're checking out. It is a very valid question. And we need to ask that question. We need to push the share button so folks can hear, what do I do? What can I do? What's my personal responsibility? Uh, what do I contribute to my eternal life, to my eternal destination? Is there, is there anything I can do? Absolutely. You can't save yourself, but you have to receive, embrace, and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then when we transition, not if, it's, it's when, we hope it's a lot later than sooner, but we all got to transition. And here's the beautiful thing. Make a note. You can have life through death. That's really the question. You can have, we're going to have life in paradise through death. Life comes through death. That's the beauty of being connected with Christ. We have life through death. It's not the end. And we're going to transition to eternal life with paradise, in paradise with Christ, or we're going to transition to eternal damnation separated from Christ. <clears throat> and that's the word of God. I know it's not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. It's my job as a pastor to be biblically correct. You and I will transition from here and you're going to transition to eternal life with Christ. Are you going to transition to eternal death separated from Christ, which we call hell? A separation eternal talks about it being weeping and gnashing of teeth. Dirty, nasty, stinky, disgusting, and it's hot. It wasn't prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels when he got kicked out of heaven because of his pride and arrogance and his ego, and he wanted to take over, and God said, I created you. You got to go. Isn't that something? Make a note. Pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. And pride and arrogance and ego is what's going to keep you and I from getting into heaven. Because we refuse to humble ourselves and be obedient. God is looking for humility and obedience to his word. That's our responsibility. What can we do to inherit eternal life? Jesus is going to make it plain. I love the word. We don't have to guess. God makes it plain. Well, here we have this expert in the law, a lawyer, a know-it-all. He wants to show off. He wants to stand up in church and test God. Take a look. Be weary of people like that who know so much but don't know anything. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's telling them, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, 
but in the power of God. You do not trust in the intelligence and the wisdom of mankind. You trust in the power of God. That's to you and I. That's the believers. First Corinthians two and five. Make a note, put a star by that, that your trust, that your commitment, that your allegiance should not stand in the wisdom of men, which changes like the wind. And when they die, it fades away, but in the power of God. And look at 1 Corinthians 3 and 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Family, make a note, put a star by that one. You're watching the news, you're watching all this stuff and you, the social media and you're, you're dialed in. And if it's not the word of God, it's foolishness. There's things we can learn. I'm not saying cast out the baby with the, with the bathwater. I'm saying that your trust cannot stand in stuff, in things, in the wisdom of God. We don't need a motivational speech. We need the word of God. We don't need a list of how to's. We need the word of God. We don't need somebody who's going to live for a certain amount of years and then die and fade away trying to tell us about eternal life and about love and about God. We need the word of God, which is already established. The world's wisdom is foolishness to God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. They get caught up in their own intelligence and they become fools. Because intelligence against God is ignorance of God. Let's go back to Luke. I'm going to try my best to finish it and get to the love part. Luke 25 His question is, what can I do to inherit a blessed, non-ending, eternal existence? I translated it for you. His question, what can I do to inherit a blessed, non-ending, eternal existence? And that's through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoso believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 10, 10, Christ said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. I've come to give you a blessed life. So it's through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't just happen when we transition. It's now. The scriptures talk about the peace that passes all understanding. To, be, to pray and be grateful, to pray and be thankful. We live the blessed life now. We're not when we transition. We're able to go through some certain things we have to go through, but we go through with the peace that passes all understanding and the unspeakable joy that the word talks about. The blessed life is now. If you're not enjoying the journey, if you can't rest in God and enjoy the journey now, then you need to spend more time with God. You need to understand the character and the nature of God. You need to understand the new mercies that greeted you this morning. Why are you stressed out? You got new mercies greeting you this morning. Why are you stressed out if you're trusting in the Lord with all your heart and leaning not to your own understanding? You got to evaluate where you are. And that's 
how you tap into the blessed eternal life that God has for us. And it starts now. But you got to be real. Then you have to be humble and you have to be obedient so you can experience the abundant life. That abundant means extraordinary. It means blessed. God's given us an extraordinarily, extraordinarily blessed life to enjoy now. And when we transition, we just continue it. It doesn't start then, it's now. And as you go through the storm, as we've been talking about with Jonah and the three Hebrew boys, and we'll continue that next week, they're in the midst of the firestorm, and they're resting in God, and they're trusting God in death, in life, through death, through life, they're trusting God. It's no difference. And they stand strong on the word. God's given us the word. Verse 26. And he said unto them, what is, what is written in the law? And, and how do you read it? What's written in the, What does the word say? What does the word say? If I don't read the word, I don't know what the word says. And I might have stand still. I might know what some people say, but I don't know what the word says. Family, we got it. That's why we have to get into the word. I mentioned it earlier. Come to Bible study, even if you just listen and take notes, but get into the word so you can hear what God says about eternal life, what God says about love, what God says about living, what God says about giving, about what God says about how to respond. Stop reacting. You need to learn how to respond with the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the gentleness, the meekness. The self-control. What does the word say? But if you don't know that, you can't respond like that. Jesus says, what does the word say? Not what the news says. I'm tired of what the news says and what social media is saying and all this garbage and the conspiracy theories and all the hate that's propagated and propaganda that's all around. I'm just tired of it. What does the word say? But if I don't know the word, if I don't study the word, I'm caught up in everything else and I'm into opinions. And I'm listening to my uncle who's living in all type of sin and trying to tell me what God is about. Never read the word. And I'm listening to all this other stuff because I haven't read the word. I don't understand the power of the word. Don't understand how to trust God and walk with God daily as my. Brother Earl would say we have to be common sense Christians practicing Christians every day. You can't practice being a Christian without reading the word daily. You have to read the word daily. Let it get into your heart, your spirit, so it can transform your mind and your life. There's no way around it. It's not mystical or magical, just like anything else. You can't get it get in shape by looking in a, a, a bodybuilding magazine. You can't get in shape by looking at a, a health magazine. You got to put in some work. You can't get a degree by just looking, passing by, looking at the school. You got to put in some work. Why do you think it's different with the word of God, with the life of God, with the life of a Christian? You think you can just do it by listening and looking at a church? You can't. You got to meditate. You got to study. You got to read the word. You got to participate. It's not a spectator sport. You have to participate. Jesus asked him, what does the word say? Give the man credit. He knew what the word said. Verse 27. <clears throat> And he answered, you should love, here we go, you should love the Lord your God <clears throat> with all your heart, with all your soul, 
with all your strength, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So now we're talking about love. Remember, that's the agape love. Make a note of it. That's the agape unconditional love. And look what he says. Look how, how, the, how the words are broken down in the Greek. He says, love God with all your heart. Okay, heart, make a note. Those of you that's taking notes, which I hope is most of you, the majority of you, you don't want to miss your heart. Look what your heart is. It's your emotions. It's your will. It's your innermost person. It's your appetites. It's your desires. It's your character. It's your intelligence. It's your passions. And it's your feelings. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a whole. He says, love God with all of that. See, and when you love in God with all that, you don't have time for foolishness. You don't have time to be petty. You don't have time to be a racist. You don't have time to hate when you're loving God like that with everything that you have. And you understand that God forgave you and that God died on that cross and resurrected on that third day for you and I. So I'm loving God with everything that I have. That's just my heart. It all comes back to the heart. You got to love God with all your heart. You got to give God 100 percent and you're practicing every day. So God keeps 100 percent of your heart. Love God with all your heart. Everything, your emotions, your appetites, your desires, give it all to God. And then he says your soul, he said, love God with that with that piece of you that animates, that breathes. Animate, that's what allows us to breathe is the soul. We also call it the spirit. It's also, make a note in the Greek, the soul. It's the part of you that does not dissolve upon death. Everything that makes you who you are. It's your soul. He says, love God with that. Love God with all your spirit, all your animation, all the life that's in you. And by the way, it doesn't, the soul does not dissolve upon death. That's what transitions. <laughs> that's what transitions into eternal life or to eternal death. It's just, and, and you all, we, we know we've been to, to funerals and it's, it's a tough time, <clears throat> especially when it was someone who was so full of life, so animated. And you, you, you look at, you do the final viewing and they're just, it's the soul's gone. Everything that animated them is gone. That's your soul. And it's transitioned. The body goes back to the earth where it came from, as the word says, all the minerals and everything that's in the earth, same one found in our body because God created us from the dust. The body goes back there. That's not the part that's alive. The soul is what makes us animated and alive. And that's the part that doesn't dissolve upon death. And that's the part that transitions. The word says, love God with all your heart and then all your life, your soul. Love God with that. This says, then love God with all your strength and that's your ability. All your abilities, give them to God. Love God. Thank God for your abilities. Don't compete with God with your abilities. Thank God for your abilities. All he's given you. And which leads right into the mind. And your mind is your thoughts and your deep thoughts and your understanding and your way of thinking. Don't compete with God with your mind. Allow your mind to complement what God has done. Love God with all your, your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. There's no strings attached. 
Now, now think about this. And, and see, we, we have issues sometimes, family. We have issues sometimes. We got to love God with no strings attached, regardless of our past, our present, our future. See, we want to be upset with God. We want to be mad at God. We want to say, God, if, if you're really God, why would you allow that to happen to me in my past? I can't love you because of what happened to me in my past. I can't love you because of my present condition right now. And I can't love you because of what my future looks like because somebody died or because I lost a job or because I'm going through right now and the, the future doesn't look too good and it's a, nothing but loneliness and despair was what my future looks like. So God, I can't love you because of all my, my, my past, my present, and then what my future looks like. And you're upset with God. Stop being mad at God. That's not God. We live in a fallen, broken world. Stuff happens. Mankind has chose to reject God. And we live in a society where most people have rejected God. And we see the results manifested daily. That's not God's fault. That's on us. That's the satanic influence on the heart of mankind. God says, you got to love me with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, despite what's happened in your past. <laughs> despite where you are presently, it's time to trust God now. Despite what your future might look like, give it over to God. Stop competing with God. Stop battling wits with God. God gave you that intelligence. Don't let it become ignorance because you refuse to humble yourself and be obedient to God. And then that intelligence can become wisdom. It can be led by the Holy Spirit and not by an unholy spirit that just wants to compete and compare and be upset with God. He said, this is a, he's asking about eternal life. He says, well, how can I, how can I inherit eternal life? He's got a, the scriptures say you got to love God. You got to give God everything. Let me say it again, your heart, your soul, your strength, your abilities, and your mind, your thoughts, your deep thoughts. Give them to God, give everything to God. In the second part of that, it says, then you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Despite what has happened between you and, and then, okay, break it down to neighbor. What is a neighbor? When you break down the Greek, a neighbor is any two people that are interacting. Any two people that are interacting, your neighbor. So that's your boss, that's your coworker, that's a, somebody on the bus that you don't even know you're interacting with. That's your neighbor, it's everybody. When two people are interacting, the Greek says, that's a neighbor. We wanna split hairs, well I don't know them, I don't. It's your neighbor, two people interacting. Didn't say you know them. Didn't say the color of their skin or their sexual preference or their gender or anything. It says when any two people are interacting, that's your neighbor. We always want to put strings on, strings attached to who I love and who I don't love. This is eternal life. God's saying, you got to love God and then you got to love people. Got to love your neighbor. Don't treat your neighbor any way that you wouldn't want to be treated. Don't disrespect someone if you wouldn't want to be disrespected. Don't lie to someone if you don't want someone lying to you. Don't rob and steal and murder someone if you wouldn't want someone doing that to you. It's really simple. But we see the results of a generation and a society that's rejected God. We see the manifestation of it every day. And you say, what is going on? It's because people refuse to love God with all their heart, their mind, their soul, and their strength. And they refuse to love them, their neighbors themselves. Because I tell you this, when you got number one down, 
when you love God with your heart, your soul, your strength and your mind, then it's easy to love your neighbor. <laughs> you're not trying to rob. You're not trying to steal. You're not trying to cheat. You're not trying to lie. You're not trying to manipulate because God's in control. I don't have to. God's got it covered. I'm not trying to manipulate somebody because I'm trusting God with everything that's in me. And then what does it transfer to? It transfers to compassion for my neighbor. Because if my neighbor isn't saved, I imagine them in an eternal hell. I don't want my neighbor to be there. I don't want anyone to be there. So then it transfers to love and compassion and mercy and kindness for your spouse, for your kids, for your neighbor, for everybody. Why? Because God has total control of your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. That's what we practice daily, giving it all to God. When you're right vertically with God, it's easy to be cool with people horizontally. When you're not right with God vertically, you're angry, you're upset, you're impatient, you're short. You want to manipulate, you got a hidden agenda, you have an ulterior motive. Because this isn't right. It's hard to have this right. There can't be any strings attached. And see, we, we, we have to be biblically correct. But Jesus asked him, what does the word say? And if he was biblically illiterate, he can't be biblically correct. Unfortunately, even most Christians today are biblically illiterate. So we can't be biblically correct. And we get caught up in trying to be politically correct, which is foolishness to God. Remember, pastor, I'm not a politician. Hey, the world's not playing. This pandemic's not playing. Don't come and expect for me to play with you on Sunday mornings. I got to give you the word. I got to give you the wisdom of God because we're in a real fight. We're in a real warfare. And if you're not loving God with all that you have. Then it's hard for you to love others. And he's asking about what can I do to inherit eternal life? Let's go. Let's go to First um, John four and 20. Let's go there. Let's go to John. Because, see, we can't fool ourselves. This world is a mess, and it's trying to drag you and I as Christians into the mess, into the septic tank. It's trying to grab us in there, so we're in there fighting, as opposed to being the light and shining and pulling people out of the garbage. First John, we've said it before, but it deserves repeating, especially today in the culture and the climate that we live in. First John. Four. Hey, and I'll start at 19. It says we love him because he first loved us. Ha <laughs> ha. You're talking about love. Why do we love God? Because he first loved us. Why do you love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength? Because God first loved us. Well, how do we know God loved us? For God demonstrated his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. That's Romans 5 and 8. Well, then how do we know that God loved us? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, trusts, embraces, accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior should not perish but have eternal life. God loved us first. That's why you love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Be humble. Humility and obedience it's how we demonstrate our love towards God. 
because God first loved us. That's why it's easy for me to love my neighbor, to love my spouse, to love my kids, to love my congregation, to love people that I meet is unconditional. Don't mean that we're buddy, buddy, but I don't hold or harbor any hate in my heart. I'm not holding anyone hostage in my heart because I know that God first loved me and God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And if God wouldn't have done it, then I would still be on my, on my way to hell, separated from God eternally. But God changed the game because of his love. That's love. That's the love. It's true love. That never ends. That never fails. It's unconditional love with no strings attached. Look at verse 20. First John 4 and 20. If a person say I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. Stop lying. You can't say we have to be careful. Any religion that tells that that tells you you have to hate someone else is a is a false religion. And I know we got a history of people weaponizing religion and manipulating religion and enslaving people and brutally murdering people talking about it in the name. It's not in the name of the God of the Bible. That's a lie. That's in the name of Satan. And see, we get upset with that. But it's not God. It's people. Never compare God to people. Man's wisdom is foolishness to God. The word is clear. God will never brutalize people in the name of God. When people refuse to embrace God and want to embrace sin like in the days of Noah, everything they did was wicked. They would not convert. After 120 years, Noah preached and they said, we don't want God. They thumbed their nose at God. And then they had to deal with the consequences. That's not God. That was their choice. People misrepresent God. Please don't judge God by groups of people that's misrepresented God and, and harmed people. That's not God. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother who he has seen, how can he love God whom he has never seen? I hate you and I see you every day, but I say I love God who I've never seen. The Bible says you're a liar. Verse 21, and this commandment have, we have from the beginning, that he that love God love his brother also. <laughs> it's the same thing Jesus is telling us in Luke 10, 25. Let's go back to Luke. <clears throat> Look at Luke 10 and 20. And he said unto him, you have answered. Jesus said, you answered right. Now go and do this. Go and love God. Go and love your neighbor. And stop lying to yourself saying that you love God, but you hate people. You love God, but you can't stand certain people because of how they look or what they do or their language or the color of their skin. Stop lying to yourself. Stop being biblically illiterate. Get into the word. Understand the character and the nature of God. God does not discriminate. Neither should we. That's love. He said, go 
You answered right, you're correct, correct answer. Give everything you have to God and then love your neighbor. Said, go and do this and you shall live. Practice this, giving your heart to God every day. Loving people with no strings attached. Not saying being a doormat, nobody's saying that. But you're not harboring, holding anyone hostage with hate in your heart. You don't have to be buddy-buddy, you don't even have to call them. But you're praying for them. You're praying for their soul. You're fasting for them. That God would touch their heart and save them. Because you don't want anyone, because you love God so much, you don't want anyone to perish into eternal damnation. Then he wanted to justify himself, verse 29, and said unto uh, Jesus, who is my neighbor? <laughs> Who, who, who do I show love to? Who is my neighbor? We always want to make excuses. We always want to pretend that we don't know. We got to stop making excuses and justifying our idol worship. See, I want to make excuses so I can keep doing what I've been doing. Worshiping my false gods and hating and mistreating people. The world can never be our example of what love is. He's making excuses to Jesus. Jesus is telling somebody, this, the Spirit of God is saying, stop making excuses to me. Give me your heart, give me your life and start loving people and praying for people. Let that person go. So he wants to justify, just like we do, it's okay. Verse 30, and Jesus answering said, a certain man, the light was a certain man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and was stripped him, which stripped him of all his clothes and wounded him and departed, leaving him dead. And by chance, underlined by chance, here's a priest. So don't be, don't be uh, impressed with the title. God's only impressed with humility and obedience don't be impressed with the title, but he was by chance. The priest is living by accident. He's not even connected to God because we don't live. That word chance in the Greek means by accident. The priest is living by accident. He's not living on purpose. He's not connected to God, and we see why. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side of the street. And likewise, a Levite, another religious leader, when he was at the place, Came, at least he looked at him, but then he went across the street, passed, and went across the street. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, make a note, this man who had been beaten and stripped on his way to Jericho was a Jew. Jews and Samaritans, they hated each other. They detested each other. And then God shows right here that there's no strings attached. People that hate people because of God, because we love God, we're united in Christ. And we don't show hate towards anyone, whether we know them or not. But a certain Samaritan as a journey, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Underline that compassion. That's love. The love, the kindness, the mercy, the compassion you have for your spouse, the compassion you have for your kids. Have compassion, have love. That's love. No strings attached. I don't care who you are, what you look like. I'm not going to judge you by what you sound like, look like, talk like, smell like, act like. I'm going to have compassion, the love of God. That's true love, which comes from Christ. Why? Because I'm connected to Christ with all my heart, my soul, my strength, 
and my mind. And it's easy to love people regardless of what condition they're in and what they look like. You have compassion immediately because the Spirit of God causes you to have compassion on God's creation. Verse 34, and he went to him, bandaged him up, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast. Brought him to an inn, took him to a hotel. Somebody say amen. I don't care if it was Motel 6 or Embassy Suites. Maybe it was the Ritz-Carlton back in the day. I don't know. But he found him. He didn't even know this guy. Somebody based on their history he should have hated. Please make a note of that. Based on the history, he didn't even know him. He could have said just good for him. Let him die. But because he's connected to God. Took him to the Ritz-Carlton. And he took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out his money, his denarii, and gave it to the host, gave it to the hotel manager, said unto him, man, look, take care of him. Come on, family. Do you hear what God is saying? This is love. He said, take care of him. And if he spends a little bit more, if he orders room service and breakfast, when I come back, I'm going to take care of that. And then Jesus asked him, now, which of these do you think was a neighbor? Verse 37, and he said, he that showed mercy, underline that mercy. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do likewise. Go and show mercy. That's love. That's <laughs> what God is saying. It's to love. Go and show the mercy of God, the love of God. And when you look at this and you compare it to ourselves, We'll end with this. How we were beaten and just been abused by Satan, didn't even know it, thought we were having fun. Beaten and left on the side of the road, dead, abused by Satan. Then God found us. Thank you, Lord. Cleaned us up. Gave us life and that more eternal. That more abundant. Because God first loved us. That's why we worship and we loved him. Let me say it again. We were on the side of the road, dead in sin, beat up by Satan. And Jesus Christ came, bound us up, took care of us, made us like new, and said, I got you from here on. Go and show. Go and show mercy just like here. That's love. Love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. Love everyone with the kindness and the mercy of God. Go to the grocery store today and pay for somebody's, pay for somebody's groceries. When you see that old lady struggling or that young couple struggling, and God's blessed you, just let the cashier know, I, I got them. The person behind me, I'm going to take care of them today. Go and show. Why would you do that? Because God has loved me so much. And I love God with all my heart, my soul, my strength, and my mind. And the Bible tells me that I should show that type of love and kindness to others. Go and show. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. <laughs> with many out there searching for love, it's all in God who first loved us. God, help us not to be biblically illiterate. Help us not to get caught up in the 
and the wisdom of this world, which is foolishness to you. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, of not loving you totally with all of our heart, our mind, our strength and our soul. God, forgive us. We repent. We confess. You're not impressed with titles. You're not impressed with intelligence, Lord. You impress. You are impressed with humility and obedience and surrendering all that we have, our heart, our soul, our strength and our mind to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so the Holy Spirit can lead our life. We can have compassion and mercy towards other. God knows this world needs this type of love, this type of mercy, this type of compassion. God, help us. As we stand in the gap for our world, our, our leadership, our president, the cabinet members, God, praying that someone there who understands the word and love would share that with the leadership of this country, would share it with the leadership of this state and the city and the city council, and that we as Christians would share it in our home with our family and our kids and our loved ones and our friends, and then even to our neighbor, anyone that we interact with, let us show this compassion. Give us wisdom. Help us to discern the deception. Give us wisdom, Lord, so we can function under the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us get into your word so we know how to be biblically literate and share the love of God. Bless your people. Thank you for blessing this word today, Lord. Thank you for the revelation that leads to transformation and now the application. Go and show mercy, love, kindness, compassion to any and everyone that we interact with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you hear you say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus Christ. I've never heard the words of Jesus Christ like this. I don't know how to give my heart and my life and my soul and my, my strength to God. It's really simple. It's what we've all done. At some point, we heard a message and God touched our heart. And we said these words, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life and make me the person you created me to be. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your, your blood on the, on the cross and forgiving my sins cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day. Lord Jesus, I now receive and embrace you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be empowered to live for you. Thank you for first loving me. Thank you for showing me how I love you and I'm able to love others because apart from that, I can't do it. I need you, Lord. I want to be a part of the love of God that makes this world a better place. I want to let my light shine. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. I want to represent Christ. I want to be the light of the world. I want to be the salt of the earth. I want to be excited about showing compassion and sharing love. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Family, if you have any prayer needs and if you've prayed that prayer and you just want some information, some scriptures on your decision for Christ, please send the email to life at southbayaoc.com. Life at southbayaoc.com. Praise report, prayer requests, prayer need. Give us the privilege of praying for you. Bible study, I hope to see you, even if you're just there taking notes and listening. 6.30 to 7.30, all the coordinates, the Zoom coordinates are on um, our website, southbayalc.com, southbayalc.com. We will be reading 1 Kings chapter 19. It's not a long chapter, but it's powerful. You're going to absolutely love it. The principles, the godly principles of living. Jesus told the, the, the gentleman here, what does the word say and how do you interpret it? He said, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you've answered right. Go and do so. But if he didn't study the word, he wouldn't know the word and he wouldn't know how to live for God. You don't know you're guessing. And if you're listening to other people, then you're not even sure if they're telling you the the full the full context of the scriptures. Mankind is, is famous for taking scriptures out of context to manipulate. And to advance their own agenda. Come study the word with us. Ask questions on Wednesday night. Come study the word. That's why it's Bible study. We all had to do it. I didn't become a pastor by not reading the word, by not sitting in a Bible study and taking notes and then asking questions. It's how we learn. That's how we grow. It's with everything. You start a new job. You don't go in and don't ask questions. You don't get that manual and just go, OK, I know what to do. You don't. Ask questions. God's OK with the questions. We ask with the right motives. God's OK with questions. God has not. A, God's never had a Jesus, never had a problem with questions. So Bible study Wednesday night. And then once again, thank you for your giving. Uh, make a note. Luke 21, one through four. Um, and just it's not about the amount. But it's about your heart being connected to God. And remember, God first loved us. God's blessed us with so much. And even with the little that we have, God's blessed us with that. So we give because we've been blessed. So a word like this can go out and continue to touch the world. And make a note, I'll be posting the message to YouTube. Uh, all, the most, all the messages should be on our website within two weeks. We're posting them all. We're a little behind, but we're in position now to posting, posting them all, the videos to our website and the audio. Um, but tonight, if you want to share this, get this message right now. Somebody's struggling with what love is, and they're wrapped up in somebody and something that's not even close to being correct. Tell them, just take a listen to this message. Listen to it for three minutes and let me know what you think. Plant the seed. So it'll be up on YouTube under South Bay Abundant Life Church and today's date, 2-14-21. Just copy the link, text it to a few people, and uh, do the work of an evangelist. Amen? Well, that is it for today. <laughs> Let's go and show some love. Go and show. But don't get caught up in the in the wrong aspects of love, let the, let the strings go. Be compassionate, be merciful, be kind, be generous. Prefer to have that than any other type of stuff you could give me. Compassion and love and prayer and generosity.
Those things never fail. And those are the gifts that keep on giving. So, Lord, we thank you that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed, family. I will see you Wednesday. Looking forward to seeing you Wednesday. And then, Lord willing, look forward to see you next Sunday. God bless you.